Rich, some guys like it quiet, some guys like it loud. This is. Yeah, you know, Gator needs to look like he needs some exercise. I don't know. Of course, the conditions now that he has to play the shot test anyone. Together, Jim, those two. It's a great story. Welcome into Dialed In, the podcast by the High Cotton Club, episode 78. Coming to you from High Cotton headquarters, I'm your co host, Johnny Stu. Join with me as always, El Capitan, Lefty Sauce, Connor Hendrickson. How you doing today, buddy? Better than I deserve, brother. It was a beautiful day in High Cotton country. I know that you got to take advantage of it. I saw you over at the Legacy. A real quick story for everybody, just so you know what kind of guy John Stewart is, right? So busy day for me here at High Cotton HQ. Tried to run over and just get 15 minutes in of chipping and putting, but I needed a little bit of fuel first. Shout out the new Chick-fil-A in Springfield, no free shout outs. Ran over there, needed some gas on the way back, didn't have my wallet. The Chick-fil-A app is great, but sometimes you get food and you don't even realize you don't have your wallet. So um, needed gas, saw Stu's cart when I pulled in the Legacy. Walked in, said, hey, how'd you play? Oh, and can I have 20 bucks? (laughs) (laughs) Well, lucky for you, I was handing money out anyway. That's what a 76 would get you. (laughs) But uh, a great day either way. Didn't play your best today, I understand. No. Putter feels great, though. Putting good. We still got high hopes. But obviously, the second that you work out your putting, the rest of your game goes to shit. Well, it'll all come together soon enough. Um, But there's a lot going on in the High Cotton Club as always, and so we want to talk about it a little bit. Um, High Cotton Classic registration, obviously, it's live. Uh, we're going to talk about that in depth here in a minute, but um, make sure you're signing up if you're in Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee. Um, we'll get you dialed in. Farmers Cup update. Next week's podcast, we will have um, Clay Doty and Buffalo Louis Allen Shoup, captain of the Crossroads Co-op on the pod, to talk about um, last year's event a little bit, preview this year's event. Um, that will be the night. Uh, the couple days after the draft, the draft will be uh, next Tuesday night, 7.30 Central time on Instagram Live. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, both of our squads completely full. We'll be setting the draft for who's going to play who in the second edition of the Farmers Cup, as well as um, the education. The education is back. We've got the board right here in front of me if you're watching on Spotify. Last year is Tennessee versus Alabama. bunch of the Alabama guys not able to play this year. Um, different things going on down south. So it seems like we're going to go east versus west with I-65 being the dividing line. I'm very excited about it. I'll have my Springfield boy right here with me. Um, it's going to be very interesting how these teams ship up. I know that in the Discord they're talking about splitting up Sumner County and Robertson County. I like that. But there's some interesting things as you go kind of down the map of the high cotton country, get into Alabama where those splits are going to happen. Yeah, I mean, t- if you draw – you know, Tanner had a good idea. If you draw the line down I-65, I mean, Robertson and Sumner are split right there on it. So I I actually kind of like that a little. I think it's more indicative of our footprint, a vertical line, than it is, honestly. a hor- If you if you look at where our membership is, like where we get the most play, I feel like if you draw a line this way, it's more even than if you draw a line this way because we have so many right there in Middle Tennessee. Like, so, um, I'm excited for it. I, 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 I like the new, the 65 line shout out Tanner. That was a good idea. Yeah. Great idea. And I'm excited to see how the team shape up, but make sure that you're getting involved, sign up for that event as well as the prime golf league registration will officially close this weekend for, uh, folks who want to participate in the draft That draft will likely take place next week. Um, or maybe a week after we'll probably give a week for y'all to, Nominate owners, um, but nonetheless, make sure that you're getting involved with that. We talk about it 
a little bit with Mr. Peter West as he joins the end of the podcast. But before we get into the conversation with him, I want to talk a little bit about the stuff that we have going on. Okay. <laughs> great. We have uh, a great, lot of stuff going on. Great segue. Well, we talked about it very briefly with Peter when he joined, but then we talked about it um, with him more ex- uh, extensively after we stopped recording. I want to talk about the High Cotton Classic because this is how the entire roof started. I'd say that all the time because it's probably, you know, if there's an event that I'm the most proud of, Beyond the Extinction is probably the High Cotton Classic because it gave this community the traction to become what the community is. And, you know, uh, we were talking about it there. I got caught up in a little bit of an arms race with merchandise um, across the country. And the Classic was uh, was a big gun in that arms race, Um, you know, firing out some great merchandise all the time. But we are in a juxtaposition, um, as always, with the High Cotton Classic, where we try to give every single player a reason to enter and a, their value for entering, and we do that through the merchandise. We didn't do that in the first Classic. First Classic was, you know, enter to the prize pool, and then everybody asked for T-shirts, right? Mm-hmm. After that, we started to get more and more merchandise heavy to the point where the first Classic was $75 plus a $25 t-shirt. Now it's $250 to play in Tennessee. And it's not lost on me that you still have to pay for your golf after you do that. The reason um, that it is what it is, like we said, we're trying to find that value with the gifts. The seventh edition was always one that I had circled and bookmarked because it was always going to be the Jack Daniels edition. I mean, number seven, it's right there out in front of you. Um, And I'm very excited about the gifts that we're going to be doing um, and giving out. But it's not lost to me that this is a big ask for people. And so I want to make sure that we, while we aren't changing the seventh edition, other than, you know, a few things with the field size, I want people to understand that this is something that we're aware of, um, at least. Yeah, and it's it's always a work in progress, too. Like, it, the, re, the fact that we've been merch heavy is the reason that when we – you know, play golf with our friends or we play golf in the bigger events. We have all of the, I mean, everyone takes notice to all the great stuff that you've provided us. And it also is sort of a, a way for someone to get their value if they go out and get beat early. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you at least get, you know, your value out of it, out of the merch, but, uh, there's 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 got to be a happy medium there of of where we can make it more affordable, still provide a good you know a good quality gift and let everyone go out and just play golf. But for now, we're sticking with the way that the seventh edition is set up. Like I said, everything has been leading to the seventh edition merchandise and gift wise. I'm very excited about what we have planned and what we're ordering. Um, but we're going to reduce the field in Tennessee to 16 players. So 16 players in Tennessee with a pod in Kentucky, possibly, right? We still would like to have that pod of four in Kentucky. I'll go play up in Kentucky if I need to. Um, But 16 players in Tennessee with Kentucky, 16 players in Alabama, the winner of Tennessee and Alabama will play each other for that spot on the regional team. It makes a lot more sense with the schedule. We can fit it in. Um, So don't know how that's going to change, you know, the exact schedule, but um, it is what it is. And, and, you know, we're going to have 16 guys who really want to participate and likely 16 guys who can go win the thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, I've been, I've been telling you this. I don't necessarily think it's, it's it's a bad thing. Like it's, we started with 16. I mean, it, it, you know, no quality over quantity. I mean, you don't, you want guys that are, you know, bought in, ready to, you don't, you don't want to run into the issue that we have in the past, especially with the bigger fields where it's so hard to schedule your matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, and it's not always their fault. I mean, a lot of times things come up, but the more people that come in, they're half in. Or... Yeah. It, it doesn't always work out as well. Like I still think it's going to work out just fine. No, it'll still be a great event. It's just, um, obviously I, 
have tried to grow the club, the classic. We try to get bigger and better, the 1% better all the time thing, right? Um, but I think that a lot of the roosts across the country are in this place of kind of like looking around and trying to figure out what's going on. And I really think that it's just a matter of what's going on in the country on a larger scale. Like when all this stuff started around COVID, everybody had more time and more money. Mm -hmm. And we just have less time and less disposable income now. So we don't have the luxury to go play in as many events or even just as many rounds of golf as we did just a couple of short years ago. And so, um, you know, we're adjusting with that, trying to figure out what that looks like for us. Like we talk about with uh, Peter with the barn burner, a little bit of a smaller field, but it was still a great time. Yeah. And so I think we will figure out what our pocket is. And even if we're not running large events, we're going to run great events. We're going to continue to try to provide special opportunities for people who want to get involved and get more people involved. Um, you know, we're not going to stop trying to get 1% better. I, I still think it's on par or above average of what you see from other roosts. And I mean, you've got some roosts that have enormous footprints that might get more, but still I'll, I think we're still setting the standard for it. I mean, it, it was great. The, the few years that we were able to get 32 or 28 or, but like you say, we're kind of in a different time than we were four years ago. Yeah. When we started it all. So, um, appreciate everybody getting involved as much as you can. So it's, you know, make the best of whatever comes. Absolutely. And so as we continue to try to evolve and give you the opportunity as you're listening to get involved, we want to remind you that the prime golf league, one more time, it's a great opportunity to kind of get in the door. If you're just listening to, or if you're just involved in the discord, maybe you're just kind of one of those, uh, tier three high cotton club members, right? You're not one of the tier twos that plays in a couple of events, chimes in on the discord. You're not a tier one that's in the discord every day at all the events. Maybe you're a tier three guy. PGL is a great way to maybe open the door to be in a tier two. And once you're a tier two, it's a real, real short climb to being a tier one. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great option. Now, I mean, not only for those guys, I mean, for everyone to get involved, like the hardest thing with, you know, people complain about with the jackpots is that, you know, or the events is that you've got this one day you go to play, you know, somebody puts a jackpot out there, you can or can't make it. And then uh, when it comes to events, you can or can't make it. But the, there's a little more flexibility in this. Uh, the main goal is to try and get as many people involved as possible. And I mean, I, if we can grow this, I honestly think eventually it could become bigger than what jackpots are if we get just because it's it's low cost and it's a lot less uh commitment as far as it's a lot more flexible i think as far as being able to play golf i don't necessarily see it becoming bigger than jackpots because i see them being completely intertwined right like i don't see a pgl match happening without it being a jackpot yeah okay and so i i see them growing together and only elevating each other. But, you know, speaking of that, like you're headed down to Alabama um, the day that this is released to play in a jackpot with JT and a bunch of the guys down in Alabama. Imagine if the PGL was launched already and you guys are playing three, four matches down there tomorrow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying, but um, yeah, luckily, I mean, it worked out for me. Um, I was kind of going to take off tomorrow anyway, but it's going to be, 54 and rainy here and 67 and partly cloudy in Birmingham, which is three hours away. I don't understand how this is going to work, but I was like, all right. And dropping all day here. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a tough like, scene. Chance of snow tomorrow night. But you guys are going to be going out to Highland Park. You haven't played Highland Park before, correct? I have not. I've heard a lot about it though. You know, the, the home of the original yellow hammer. Um, it's a great venue. Very, very fun golf course. Josh playing with you busted his driver today, but it's a golf course that you don't need driver unless you want to bomb and gouge. And I think that's exactly what you want to do. Right. I've never played a golf course. You don't need driver. <laughs> well, I think it's like 5,600 yards and the first hole is like 240, and does it plays straight downhill. Like I think you'll take iron off the tee. We'll see. 
I can't wait to see the scores for tomorrow. <laughs> make sure that you're following along on Unknown Golf. We're working through some things to make sure that all the jackpots are visible if you're part of the community. But if not, go add some of these guys as your friends on Unknown Golf, D-Ball, Stu, Josh. Um, let's see, who else is playing? Mace, Jay, Will. JT, Will. I uh, got a couple of new guys, Matt Drummond. Matt Drummond. Uh, let's see, there's one other new guy. Um, but add some of these guys as friends, and then you can see whenever they're playing. The friends feature on Unknown is very cool so that, you know, anytime somebody's playing, you can see what they're doing out there. And it's fun to follow along if you're stuck in the office or just taking some time during lunch. Yeah, if you want to see me shoot 76 on a 5,600-yard golf course. <laughs> I've been stuck on that number for so long this winter. Well, you guys are playing just a net low. Winner's going to take, you know, 65, something like that. Loser's going to take – or second place is going to take 25, something like that. Yeah, so you got uh, – Parker Daly. Yeah. And, and uh, Jay Mims. This yeah. is – is this the strongest jackpot that's ever happened? Thanks. Look at all those pluses, man. Well, that's also because of the golf course, right? Let's okay, not yeah, forget, we're ready for the golf course. Um, but still, yeah, a lot of pluses on that uh, tee sheet. You want to tell us who's playing together? Yeah, so in the first tee time at 11.30, you got JT, Justin Meese, and Jay Mims. At 11.40, you got Josh Hollinsworth, Matt Drummond, and myself. And then rounding out at 11.50, Parker Daly, Mace Muse, Dustin Ball, and... I believe he holds the net record at this golf course, uh, Mr. Will Robertson. <laughs> but uh, a menace on this golf course. A menace on this golf course. But he's only playing as a three this week. The, the handicap is trending. Trending. Good for him. Um, but we talked about it not too long ago, the jackpot race overall. This is an opportunity to, to really uh, slingshot engage yourself if you're in the back of the pack just like the barn burner was after that, you know, you won points um, to take yourself to 525. Somehow I'm still riding in second, even though I haven't played in so long. Um, D-Ball in third, Josh Hollingsworth in fourth, Beers in fifth, Peter rockets himself into sixth, just 20 points behind Beers, and Beers is only 50 points behind Josh. And then uh, Lane has been making some noise, been playing some jackpots up to 75 points now, tied with Brian Turley. Yeah, it, it's it's been kind of a cold, dark winter. Uh, so you have we haven't seen a whole lot of golf this winter. But uh, like I say, I'm driving three of it, three and a half hours. I say I'm driving. JT's going to scoop me tomorrow, so that worked out good. But um, you know, that's how you get to the top. I mean, you just got to play as many as you can. But when when a couple of events like Peter did, you really. Jump up the the leaderboard. Yeah, I mean it's the first event he played in, and he jumped up to six. So yeah, and then uh, he goes and plays and bets one, all one hundred again. And if he plays well, he's right in the mix. Let it ride, baby. Let it ride. So lots of ways to continue to get involved with the High Cotton Club. Like we said, registration for the education is live now. Registration for the salute will open soon. Registration for the High Cotton Classic. We implore you to register and pay to submit your spot. Submit your spot in that final sixteen. And the extinction, we haven't talked about it a whole lot, kind of been that quiet time in between registration and when we start ramping up full payment and everything like that. But the wait list is waning, folks. So if you thought that there wasn't a chance to get involved, there very well could be. Yeah, I haven't I haven't taken a look at it uh, in a while, but I mean, it's going to be full no matter what. It's. Holly, that weekend took a few years off my life last year, and I can't wait for this year's. It's just, it's such a fun weekend. Uh, are we staying at the same hotel? We are, yes. Sir. Okay, yeah, they had a great setup for us in the conference room with the Calcutta. You know, Tron showed up for the Calcutta, flew in that night for it, and it was just wild. I mean, he had guys from all over the country. Just <laughs> the thing about it was that you know everybody you didn't know everybody in it. So like during the Calcutta, all of a sudden you see one part of the room jump up and start bidding. You're like, huh. maybe we'll run this guy up a little bit. Cause they, <laughs> you know, cause you don't know them, but they, you know, you'll have a group of guys that come from Oklahoma or a group of guys that, you know, come from Indiana or wherever. But that was just, that was a, 
wild scene. That was worth that. That was worth the entire trip just that night. Down well, there. we talk about the value with the classic, and you know it's it's a little bit different because um, we don't put as much energy and sponsorships towards the classic. But the gifts for the extinction are going to be off the chain. And shout out all of our sponsors. One of which, of course, a long term, long time sponsor, the Rudder and Anchor High Marina. If you're not familiar with Patrick Patton and the Patton family, just look at all the great stuff in front of us. That's a huge, hugely in part um, to Patrick Patton. And so shout out Papa Zulu on the refuge. If you're looking for a place to go with friends, family, anything like that around Middle Tennessee, the Rudder at Anchor High Marina was voted one of the best outdoor dining spots of 2023. And so with 2024 just getting started, you want to make sure that you're getting in on the craze. Um, better weather like today is coming. So make sure that you go to 126 River Road in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Check them out. Open Tuesday through Sunday right now. Um, varying hours throughout throughout the week. So make sure you check them out. The RudderAHM.com. That's the RudderAHM.com. A great place. We'll be there very soon to be kicking off the Icon Classic. Yep. Went by there the other day, actually, for lunch. They're looking good after the neighbors. Looking good. Back open. We uh, Live I've, music rocking and rolling again. Met a customer over there in Hendersonville, and we're, he's like, well, it was about 2 o'clock or so, and we were wanting to go you know, grab an app and a couple beers, and it's like, well, the uh, rudder was about three, four miles away. So. Nice. What'd you order? Uh, we got a uh, like a some sort of like a crab type dip or something. Mm, okay, we just ate on, but it was good. All right, good stuff. Shout out the Patton family and the Rudder. We look forward to being there very soon. And uh, yeah, like I always say, a lot going on in the High Cotton Club. Um, if you are a member for the 2024 season, if you are a fall member, be on the lookout for your gifts. If you haven't received them yet, they're coming. They may not have shipped out yet or ran out of bubble wrap. Um, so trying to take care of these boards you see in front of you. Stu, what do you think about these gifts this year? You you got the scorecard holder a while ago because you're here all the time, but now you've got the full package. What do you think? Man, they're awesome. Shout out Squid Designs and uh, forget this guy's name. He's just like an Etsy guy. Some, you know, Trevor D. Custom Designs, something like that on cattle tags. But, yeah, these uh, squid design signs I'm very excited about. Yeah, these things are sick, man. Shout out squid designs. Um, but without any further ado, I think we it's safe to say we don't have a whole lot more to talk about, right? You want to get into Peter? Let's get into Peter. <laughs> Let's get into Peter. Without any further ado, Mr. P. D. West 94. P.W.S. No, P.D. West. P. Right? Yeah, P.D. West. P.D. West 94. Welcome in, Peter West. Welcome to the High Cotton Club. I've uh, been a part of the Roost for a very long time now. Of course, Peter presented by AAA Glass. AAA Glass is a locally owned company in High Cotton since 2003. They specialize in auto glass and shower doors. No job is too big or too small. And they can handle any glass in your vehicle or any shower from residential homes, hotels, and apartments. They're located all over the southeastern United States with brick-and-mortar locations in Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, and Kentucky. They can serve any of the High Cotton Club members with fantastic customer service and a quick response time. They've embodied the Southern hospitality that the High Cotton Club is known for. As always, Queen City members are charged double. Just in the ad read, just what Billy D says. But Peter, you've been part of the High Cotton Club for a while now. You've experienced the hospitality. Now it's our pleasure to welcome you in and dial in. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I, uh, I listen to a ton of podcasts, so it's it's cool to finally be on one. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yep, that's right. Every episode since day one. That's that's good stuff. We appreciate that. Well, um, like I said, you've been a part of it for a long time now. But how did you first get involved with it? So I don't even remember. It was um, one of the first events actually down at Old Fort. What a couple years ago now? Yeah, we played together. Yeah, that was first experience. I think that was like the second event of the season. That was, that was the the uh, Pledge of Allegiance on the fucking yeah. <laughs> Were y'all yeah, partners in that one, or did y'all just play together? Yeah, we were we were riding together and we were partners. I think yeah. was that was that just a two man scramble? Yep. Well, that's cool. It came yeah. full circle. Yep. Like we're here to talk about the barn barn burner. We rode together again. 
And I don't know if we've played together since then. No, I think I I think that was the only time I played with you. It was back at Old Fort. Well, you've been a busy guy. You haven't been able to participate as much as you want to know. Um, you've been dealing with all sorts of business calls, and you look like you've had a long day already, but we appreciate you taking time, and we're excited to talk about some of those experiences that you have had to have. Like Stu said, you guys just had a heck of a weekend up in Farmer not too yeah. long ago. We want to dive into that. But before we do, what are some of the uh, memories and events that stand out to you the most from your time in the club? Man, that first one, like we were saying, that was a while ago. It seems like a long time ago now, but I think it was like 40 degrees that day. And I never I never met Stu or anybody else in the club. And I messaged him in Discord app trying to figure out if he's bringing the cart cover or not. So we, uh, we had the cart cover, we had the heater, and we had a bottle of whiskey sitting in the cart the whole time. And that was a hell of an introduction. And I feel like it's, you know, pretty much only gone up from there in terms of the events. So the extinction is, I mean, obviously still rocking the hoodie. So it's, it's hard to beat that hard to beat park mammoth, but yeah, I, I, I got a, I'm kind of a sucker for the, the low key events too. the, you know, low budget municipal courses, you know, the salute, some of those around town are, are kind of my jam. Yeah. I mean, just can't beat, can't beat the barn burner. Now I've done that past three years. So finally get a W up there. feels good. Is it, is this uh, your first win in the high cotton club? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a point of pride for you to not take that exemption <laughs> into the showdown, but to earn your spot. So I know that heading into this event, you weren't only wanting to, you know, obviously you want to win any event that you play in, but really you were just looking to earn that spot into the showdown and been in the lab a little bit leading up to it, right? Yeah. I, I think I'd said, last year so last year I, t I got the exemption just for playing enough events and showdown didn't play very well at the showdown surprise surprise hadn't really played that well in any event to be honest but you know it's kind of my first foray into like actual competition golf so it's still trying to get get used to the feeling of being nervous on the first tee instead of just like going out and drinking with buddies so i finally started you know trying to take it a little bit more seriously had a couple lessons with your guy barney over at Riverside, simplifying golf, hashtag simplify golf. No, uh, no free shout outs, but. No free shout outs, but I think. We'll, if, we'll, if get, Barney. Club, yeah, we'll get Barney. If the club yeah. was having an official, you know, instructor, it would be Barney. I, I think. I think so. Eight to 10 of our guys take lessons or have taken lessons from him at some time. It, yeah. I'll say at least at some point. Yeah. Every time I bring up his name, somebody's like, oh yeah, I've seen Barney. Or like they used to go to him as a kid growing up in the area or something. He's uh he's he's definitely turned things around for me. Well, what were some of those things that that you were looking for? I thought you know when you said that you were going to go see Barney, the first thing that popped in my head was maybe shortening the swing. <laughs> yeah. was, was that what uh, came to be, Matt? Or came oh yeah, be? yeah. When we played that day at Twelve Stones, I think it was like you, me, and Kreider and somebody else. The first thing you said to me on the first tee was, "Man, you just gotta just gotta shorten the backswing a little bit. You'll be fine." And uh, I went to Barney like two weeks later, and he just like, he saw me hit a couple balls, and he was like, "Man, why are you trying to take it back so far?" And I was just you know John Daly wrapping it around my back for no reason, no consistency at all, hitting the ball. I you know hit a good one every once in a while, but you know then I just I I, I literally could not play golf with driver. Uh, it was impossible for me to, you know, not lose three or four balls off the tee during the round. So that was step one. I was like, man, we just got to figure it out. And he, you know, put me in the lab for half an hour. And next thing I know, I haven't seen the club out of my left eye, my backswing in like a year now. And it, uh, it's made all the difference. You can ask Stu, I was driving it by him all day at Kenny Perry's. Really, <laughs> really made a big difference, even though he beat me by like 10 strokes still. Yeah, right off the first tee, just got the brand new driver, hit a hit a bomb down there, and we get up there, and he's like twelve yards ahead of me. I'm like, yeah, hey, well, that was the theme for the day. Yeah, that continued most of the day, but he would. It was. It was <laughs> I didn't mention it, but it was low key like hurting. <laughs> just well, if you're athletic enough to get it back into that position to start with. 
you're athletic enough to do a lot of good things without having to get into that position, right? Yeah, that's what Barney was telling me too. He's like, man, you don't you don't have to take it back that far. You hit it just you hit it plenty far with a three quarter swing, but I just I had no idea how to make a three quarter swing. <laughs> I was my uh, that was my first lesson I've ever taken, and I you know I've been playing golf since. I was like freshman in college, so like 10 years or so, a little over 10 years. Never had a lesson, just trying to figure it out. And it took him 30 minutes to change my game completely. That's awesome. Well, shout out, Barney. Uh, but you guys, we said, played together at the Farm Burner a couple weekends ago now. I'm still recovering from the ribs, so I'm just running around, kind of doing some things for y'all. I'm running around with Kaylin, taking some pictures, shout out Golden Bell Photography. But I want to hear from you guys. Your perspective on the golf course, on the event itself. I'll sit back and just let you guys run. It was good. I mean, we'd been up there a couple of years in a row now, right? So it was finally not soaking wet. I think the past couple of times have been just really tough conditions, just cold and wet, and we just finally a perfect day out there. So it was it was much more enjoyable, I think, this time. Not only because I was hitting the ball well, but weather plays a factor every time this time of year yeah it, softness plays a big factor out there because it can get really soft and then typically in years past times that i played there the greens have felt a little spongy this time of year and they really didn't have that feel they had a little bit of firmness to them they were and, running too yeah they were smooth they were, they were i think i may have told you that they were not as good shape as I had seen them in the last few years, you know, the few times I've gone up there. So, I mean, shout out to them because that, I mean, that might be the best bargain in 60 mile radius. No, that's <laughs> really encouraging to hear, especially I was worried. You mentioned how wet it's been the past few years. And with all the rain that we had leading up to the event, I was worried that the bottom was going to be washed out. You guys are going to play like 15 holes or all those things as par threes again, but. Yeah, shout out the grounds crew and all the staff for what they're getting out there. Yeah, 12 and 13 really weren't that wet. Um, yeah, it was the first time I played from the top tee box. <laughs> the past two years, we hadn't had it, so hit a fairway too. Stu didn't, but. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I think that was my three putt from four feet hole. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun, man. We oh, yeah, had a good time was, out there. Yeah. And that's completely your fault, by the way. <laughs> that's totally my fault. Six and a half seconds before that happened, he put in the Discord, I'm, you know, making everything I stand over and I three putt from four feet. Well, he, he had chipped in for Eagle on 10 and then made a, like, 15-foot birdie putt on 11. And I was, you know, I was, I think I, me and him were at the top of the leaderboard already and I was driving it by him all day and he was still beating me by, like, six or seven strokes at the time. And I, I you know, I didn't do it on purpose, but I was just like, the guy's making everything. And next thing I know, just just absolute three putt, not I mean, out of nowhere. And he, he pulled it back together though. I think he you didn't let that get the better of you. Yeah, it was uh honestly I wasn't surprised that the three putt's gonna poke his head out every now and again, but it's all right. I went to the club champion, no free shout outs, <laughs> made some tweaks to the putter. Hopefully we won't have that little uh, pull on the short putts anymore. But um, yeah, I was looking at the stats, Sue. I I had 28 putts that day. That's like the best round I've ever had putting. And I bet you had maybe 20 putts. It it seemed like you made everything. I didn't count them, but I, I bet I was around 26, 27, probably. Yeah, and Even then you you putting. still beat me by what eight, ten strokes. I don't know what you shot, but. Well, where's the gap? Where where are you looking to make the next improvements then to, to try to close that gap? Or are you pretty happy with where you're at? Uh, Man, I, obviously, this was a performance that you had been striving for, but I think you were a surprise, probably yeah. too surprised than any of us to see you actually pull it off. Well, I felt like I'd been hitting the ball pretty good at the end of last year and then went and played Sweetens with my dad right after Christmas, hit the ball like shit, and just had – you know, had a blast out there, but I mean, I think I'd probably, I don't think I made more than like two pars all day out there and it was good conditions. And so I didn't touch the clubs for a month after that. So when, when we went to Kenny Perry's, I, I hadn't swung a club in basically a month. And so now I'm resigned to just not practicing anymore. 
I think that's the move. I, I think I'm just not going to practice because that's the second best round I've ever had. I mean, I, I think that speaks for itself. I mean, some say that, you know, if you take enough time off, you forget bad habits. So, yeah, I think that's all I needed. Just a little bit of time off to stop thinking about it so much. And I don't know. I mean, I, I had, that was the third time or fourth time I've broken 80 and the one of the, I made after what listening to the goals podcast that then all you guys did, I made a couple of goals for myself. And one of them was to break 84 times this year. And I did it the first round out. So I feel pretty good about that. I feel like I got to, uh, got to appreciate that and maybe not aim too high, but keep, keep trying to play more and not, not just go beat balls as much. Yeah, I like that. I think that there's certainly something to be said for taking that break and kind of resetting not only the mental, but some of the muscle memory. Um, but also, I think that you, now that you've clinched that showdown spot, you want to go compete at the showdown, right? You said you didn't play that well last year. Yeah. Part of that is, uh, I've never played well at Legacy, though. It gets me every time. As much as some of those um, bad habits can fall away when you're about to play, they sure can reappear when there's a lot of pressure right so yeah I, I look forward to seeing what you do with the rest of the year and heading into the showdown i think that you're certainly one of those guys that can make the top eight a couple other guys you know joshua tyler and dylan doris were right behind you in your flight austin matthews one spot outside of clinching uh his spot in the showdown and then Stu in your flight right behind you tyler hill and brian turley so you know, good players all around um and you guys the yeah, that was a, that was the first time I actually like had a decent stable for a game. I think you know usually I feel pretty good going in because I'm getting a decent amount of strokes. I think I was like a nine going into it, and I feel pretty good about getting that many strokes and just <laughs> never play well. So it's it's nice to finally do it in competition, and it's nice to not have to post that score to my handicap too. <laughs> Keep getting those strokes as long as I can, man. That was a touchdown. Shout out beers. You know, it was it was debatable whether or not we should be playing it up or down. And so I was just like, you know what? We're gonna play it down and we're gonna post it. Not thinking we're in Kentucky. Yeah. Six miles over the state line and we can't post. But um hey, beers we tried, brother. Tee it up everywhere, man. Can't do it. can't do anything about it. Those are the rules. Those are the rules. Hey Pete, we'll uh, at the showdown. We'll get me and you. You'll be in my cart. We'll be. We'll coach each other around again. Hey, that's, every every time we play together, we both play well. That's what I need. I just need. I just need good vibes in the cart and a couple of free natties, and and I'll be good. And I know Stu's going to bring both of those things. So. Well, before we move on from the barbell all together, I want to hear you guys talk about the floating green. A lot easier this year. Praise the Lord, go dogs. Uh, you know, no cracked ribs um, from that. Um, so what did you guys think about that experience and how's that at least getting to uh, participate and compete a little bit? Stu, obviously, our champion. A great photo of you holding the hickory up at the end of it. It's, I'm it's, saving it's, that it's, picture. It's, it's gonna Jack Nicholas-esque. It's kind of that, yes, sir, kind of, you know, <laughs> that moment where they got that picture. Uh, great job, Caleb. That was, a, that was a great picture. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to her. bunch of great pictures, as always. Uh, no, it was, it was tougher this year though. Cause the damn pool was floating around. It kept moving with the wind. It was, yeah, every, every ball you hit, the pool was in a different spot or the floating green was in a different spot. That was my first time with hickories too. I, I, I didn't stick around for the, the hickories last year. So I never, I had no idea how I was going to come off the face. I felt like I did pretty good, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like a huge adjustment, especially on shots like that. But even yeah. like when we played full shots, I didn't like the pitching wedge was still going like it may have been a club shorter because it was probably like 49 or 50 degrees. I feel like I was hitting last year, I hit really good. I mean, I ended up coming in second to Stu too, but um I didn't feel like the hickory shaft itself was that hard to adjust to. I feel like I was almost nuking it with it last year. Like I remember at first, that ball was launching. And I think it's just all about being a tempo player. You know, yeah. you have the ability to get into a tempo, then you're not really going to have a huge problem. At least a few decent shots. If you're a herky-jerky, quick, 
guy, they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna be great. Yeah. I don't I don't think I really wanna try to hit a, a full shot with it, to be honest. It, those were are pretty intimidating. I played in tournaments where you had to on a par three, like there's a closest to the pin and everybody has to hit a hickory. And then the long drive is everybody has to hit a hickory. And uh, it's interesting. I mean it's fun. Yeah, and those really aren't made for full shots. They're a little fragile. They are not there's not been any uh, safety protocols done on these things. That they're, they're just, you know, eBay specials. It seems like, I mean, every every year we crack at least one. Yeah, who broke one this year? Uh, that was me. Was it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, after after we were done, I, everybody was just messing around, hitting balls all over the place, and I just I tried to hit a little flop shot with one and just fatted the shit out of it. I, I think it just snapped it a little bit. Didn't didn't break in half completely. Just splintered it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we we typically lose one every time we bring them out. Yeah, I mean, shoot, we lost one in in this house. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's really thank you to Kenny Perry, Marty Share, the whole staff up there for allowing us to even do stuff like that. It's uh, like you said, we we have a target floating around. As guys are hitting balls to the bottom of the pond, trying to hit it in this thing, I will say a lot more success this year. A lot more guys yeah. were able to hit into it, even though it was moving. Yeah, cool. A lot easier than the actual floating green. Yep. Because you had a backstop, you could hit, you know, the back edge. I think I, I think I made one every round. That'd be a flex. I, I can't verify that. I, I, <laughs> We'll have to, hey, we'll check the tape. I don't know, but yeah, it was definitely way easier because you could you had nothing on the on the floating green. It was one shaped like a ten by ten miniaturized version of an Augusta green. Like it was, <laughs> it had swells in it everywhere. But if you landed on it, I mean, there was absolutely no way you could you could stop it. Like it was careening over. But still, nobody could even hit it. The guys were struggling to hit it last. Hey, I think it was a smaller target. Too. Yeah, I no, think it was further. I think it was further out too, just a little bit. I think it was closer, and it was a bigger target. Than the maybe, we're, maybe we were drunker. I didn't. I didn't have an issue either time because I wanted both times. I <laughs> undefeated in floating greens. I mean, yeah. facts. Congrats. That's a great, great title to, to be able to represent. And he only <laughs> lost with hickories to another stoop. So that's right. I don't know what that says, but you got that going for you, though. <laughs> Peter, um, where does this event rank in all of the events that you played in? Um, I know that you know you mentioned the salute, you mentioned the extinction, but like you said, the weather out there was great, the vibes were great. It was a little bit of a smaller field, but I think that's kind of where we're settling into with kind of where we are in this new age. Um, how'd you feel about it overall? Yeah, it was great. I mean, obviously high on high on my list just because i came out with the w but i think you know it's such a such a nice friendly place and friendly people but also friendly golf course i mean as somebody who can lose a lot of golf balls at times even though i was hitting the ball well like i you know i didn't lose a single golf ball which is also probably the first time i've done that in my entire life for 18 holes so i love it i mean it's it's up there on my my list of courses just like within an hour drive of, of nashville um and it's just it's different than you know like the the big extinctions and stuff like that it's a it's a good good middle ground i think yeah i think it definitely has its own vibe to it yeah and it also i mean kenny perry is a very playable golf course for mm -hmm. everyone yeah yep. You can't exactly just spray it wherever you want, but it you kind of can a little bit. As long as you do it in the right direction. Yeah. Yep. And trying to think, oh, we got to talk about the barn hole. Let's hear it. All right, so I actually hit three wood on that hole. But smart. Smart, here, smart play. Over here tried to knock the barn down. I, um, listen, I, I shot my second or third best round ever, and I made a double on that par five. 
I I may have drop kicked it a little. That was the worst drive I hit all day, and I, I drop kicked it just a little bit, a little high toe, and just I mean square into the roof of the barn, and it somehow kicked back towards the tee box a little bit perfectly to where I could just chip it out into the fairway, and then I still like two putt or two chipped and two putted for double, but it was a uh, you know. Yeah, so not my I'll, best. I don't think I've ever hit that fairway. I don't think I think I've hit it left in like over by the barn every time. Well, so I feel like drivers too much. Growing up, I felt like the challenge was getting over the trees. Yeah, yeah. close to the barn. Now, I couldn't hit a three wood that high. I don't think to like stop without running through into, into the bushy trees. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I could have hit three wood or, or I don't even think I don't even have a three wood in the bag. Actually, I don't think I could have hit hybrid up over those trees. I felt like I needed the needed to tee it up high and, and try to get it up didn't work obviously but maybe maybe i need a little i need a, i need a better caddy out there next time no 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. i need you, you to call me off entirely like, yeah. <laughs> peter's like left and back of the barn after green golf and we'll go up there and i'm looking and there's you know there's a <laughs> window there where you can punch it down there as far as you can or you can go out to the right we were both looking. I wasn't gonna say anything. I was like, I would have hooded a four iron and took it right down. It, but he hey, it, 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 right, it, it crossed my mind. It def if I was if I was having a bad round already, it would have happened. I would have gone for it definitely. But the fact that I was, I think I was only like two over through what six at that point. I felt felt like I just needed to play it safe. <laughs> well, you played it safe and made double. Yeah. So. But I'd rather I'd rather make double playing it safe and just having a bad short game than hitting a stupid shot and losing a ball. You gotta pick your battles, right? Yeah. I can I get past the short game issues. Yeah. I mean he he played it all fine until he got down to it. <laughs> you know, there's a just a drop off right before you get to the well he's on the drop off and then you know kind of I chunked two in a row. Yeah, I chunked two in a row. You can tell him. <laughs> what one of the shots? <laughs> it was it was tough. Little, uh, I, little, uh, take it back and don't skull it over the green. <laughs> I was so scared of that water. I was because it's so literally scared. on a downslope, like like you're chipping like that. Yeah, That's I think I I think I bladed I think I bladed over the water last year. So I was like, I'm not going I'm not going to do that again. You got to bring out some sort of like putting motion with that, and just you yeah. Know, minimize yeah that's the that's the the shots that i don't have around the greens right now i think you asked earlier what like what's you know what's the next thing that i need to work on in my game it's absolutely short game i mean Stu, if he didn't hit the green he got up and down from everywhere chipped in for eagle one hole i mean it was it was a clinic and it was a struggle for me most of the day if i wasn't driving the ball as well as i did i mean i would have shot 90. Well, now that you've won an event, um, you've got some of these goals that you're working on for your own game. What are your goals for the club moving forward? I don't know. I think it's in a it's in a great spot. Obviously, right now, I you know I'd like to participate a lot more. First and foremost, I don't play in a ton of events. I know, you know, you guys, Stu, Kreider, a bunch of you guys are at like every single event, and I definitely get definitely get jealous that you guys are playing so much golf, but. I, don't, I just don't have that luxury sometimes. So I'd like to, you know, play a couple more events definitely and try to keep somebody out of that showdown spot now. But I'm, uh, you know, I'm interested in that that whole PGL that y'all got going on too. I think I think that's something that's interesting that could, you know, bring some kind of change. I feel like it is getting a little stagnant right now. Just, you know, a lot of people playing golf, a lot of jackpots going on. But like you said, we had, you know, trouble filling the field a little bit at Kenny Perry's and some other events, you know, got to mix it up every now and then introduce something new. Sure. Are you, I don't have the list in front of me. Are you signed up for PG? No, I haven't yet. I don't, I'm so yeah. behind on signing up. I probably haven't even paid member dues yet either. Considering it for sure. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's literally just, a, you know, matter of going in and signing up. And I, I feel like we were talking about it at Kenny Perry's. It's not, you know, it's not that much of a commitment. I'm not, I don't, you don't have to commit to go and playing every weekend or every other weekend. It's just, you know, got to get a couple matches in if your captain wants you to. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that that's something we want to make sure that people understand is like the barrier to entry is very low. We're not asking anybody to do anything that they shouldn't already be doing anyway. And if they're not doing it, then hopefully this gives them that nudge just to do it. Like you said, you you want to go play more. Sometimes you don't have the luxury to. Maybe this gives you that avenue to still get to get out and go play without being a full event on a day that you can't make it. Yeah, and it's not, you know, I, I feel like I've been tempted to, to try to get in the, um, the, uh, the classic as well. But, like, you know, just for for me, it's just – kind of not worth the money to an extent just to you know potentially you know go out early and you're just out i'm not not that competitive and not that uh secure to to want to risk it that way but like uh the pgl just seems like a lot more you know what is like 20 bucks to join basically mm-hmm. and then you just you know not a lot of time commitment so it's definitely something i'm probably gonna end up signing up for don't let me don't let me forget to just keep just keep pounding me about it all right well registration closes this weekend so if anybody's listening soon i'll probably talk about it a little bit before we actually bring peter on the pod um we'll talk about the classic a little bit but yeah make sure that you're signing up for these things because they are opportunities that will be closing soon the the pgl will have that waiver wire but really you want to make sure that you get in and you're part of that initial draft right i think drafts can be very fun yeah, like I said, the, like my biggest takeaway from it is it kind of feels like a really fun fantasy football league that you get to actually participate in. You're a player in your own yeah, fantasy league. You're a player in your own fantasy football league. If you get so, to call people out, it's not like you have to wait till Sunday. It's like, man, we're losing. I'm gonna go make I'm gonna go be a difference. <laughs> and then you lose and you're like yeah. <laughs> I suck again. Well, Peter, we appreciate your time very much. Um, we look forward to getting you more involved as you know your schedule allows. We appreciate everything that you've done uh, since you joined. Before we get out of here with you, we want to hear some life advice. Uh, you're going to come with some heat. I can feel it. You got uh, some special cooked up. What do you have? Listen, I'm not. I'm not a philosophical man. I literally just thought of something right as we were getting on here because uh, I forgot to do some research earlier. <laughs> I'm not a not a religious man either, so I don't have any quotes from the Bible, but uh, I'll leave you with this. My my dad was a military guy, so growing up, he always just used to tell me if I'm going to do anything, just give it my best effort. Don't half-ass anything in life. And I don't think I really took that to heart. You know, all through high school and college, I slacked my way through pretty pretty well. So didn't really learn it until I actually grew up and had to get a job and start putting in the effort. So. I think that's something that'll always stick with me. Absolutely. I, I relate to that very well because I was also an underachiever in high school and college. And up. And up. But uh, yeah, you don't, uh, whenever, whenever our parents or, you know, mentors, people like that tell us, tell us stuff like that, we're always like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And we kind of get older and realize. That was actually pretty good advice. Yeah, it was good advice. My wife and kids, I'm rewatching it, and it's like, God, I was such an idiot. <laughs> so stupid as a teenager. Yeah. Like, I've thought about it in the sports, like golf, even other sports. Like, if you could go back and you could have one tenth of the knowledge that you have now, like, how much exponentially better you would be. Um, so I think that's great and something that, even though we can't go back and do better than we did. We can take that uh, sentiment forward with us. We can go ahead and tell the next generation and let them roll their eyes at us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it to my golf game too. I'm going to, I'm going to keep putting the effort, maybe not practice as much, but try to play more. I like that. What do you have for us, dude? Uh, so mine's from Oscar Wilde. Uh, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Mm. All right. Okay. Don't don't try to be the best of someone else. Be just be you. All right. I didn't look anything up. I didn't really think of anything. I'm gonna go straight from the top of the dome. Uh, if you get fucked off, just get back on. There you that's, go. That's cowboy shit. For Once you. a cowboy, always a cowboy. Um, but I, I, I feel like I feel like our boy has a lot of PTSD because a lot of times he's just talking about getting kicked by a freaking horse. He's been kicked so many times. It's it's just always on his mind. 
You know, that's stop not, walking behind horses, man. I don't even have horses. I've never even touched a horse. And I know you're not supposed to walk behind a horse. That's not being kicked. That's being bucked off. And that's, you know, th those things happen. It's all the same. Uh, you know, kicking. He's, Sometimes you got to put yourself in dangerous positions. I think he's got serious PTSD. No, I do, I do great. I do it six, seven hours a day. I'm great. Um, but I, before we were gotten the live advice, I was supposed to ask you a couple questions. Oh, Play, yeah. You know, what were your thoughts um, both before and immediately after contact on A department? This is going back. Oh, going way back. <laughs> the first time. Yeah, for those who don't know, um, I was what was it? It was a it was the uh, two. It was like a was it alternate shot derby? I think it was. And I think it was you and Ben Johnson. Ben, yeah, me and Ben, and I never met Ben. I played with him all day that day. Neither of us were going to play in the derby. We were just going to head home afterwards. And after we got done playing, we said we couldn't leave and Venmoed Connor on the spot to to get our spots in the derby. And we were, I think you know, the last two groups or one of the last three groups left. And he just nails a drive on number eight all the way down to the bottom of the hill. And, you know, just a delicate little 50 yard pitch pins on the left, um, left of the bunker. And I just skull fucked the hell out of it. I mean, it was so bad. It was like 40 yards deep into the trees across the road. It was terrible. And, uh, to be honest, I think my last, what was the question? What was my last thought before making contact with it? Yeah. Thoughts both before and immediately after. Yeah. Before it was, don't blade the shit out of this. It was, <laughs> it was try to make solid contact with it. And, uh, right after it was, it was really just sadness because I'd played so well up to that point in the Derby and, uh, you know, it's tough in an alternate shot and then you just let your partner down completely. I mean, I put him in a terrible spot. I think we didn't even finish that hole. In all honesty, it's turned out to be pretty infamous, though, because no one can drive into Park Mormon without, even when I go play with other buddies, I tell everyone I know about that freaking shot. Yeah. Hey, he, ben hit a good one, too. Play from over here. Ben and almost he got that onto the green. He, yeah, he, he almost got it up out of the, out of the shit and onto the green. Yeah. It was a fantastic shot. Just, you know, so in a roundabout way, it was an infamous shot. Yeah. I, you know, ages. Uh, D ball also want to know as an Alabama fan, what do you think about changing the colors in our logo to accent more of the maroon to represent some of the you know killers down in Alabama? Yeah, we all know he said crimson, but it's not, there's no crimson in that logo from what I can see. It looks, it looks pretty maroon purplish to me. So I think, you know, I think we got a lot of Bama fans. I think we got to represent everybody fairly. I almost wore my Alabama gear. I did, but figured I'd rep the club actually with the extinction hoodie. I'm all for more crimson D ball. Give it all. Give me all the crimson. You know, the, the colors aren't supposed to be for a team, but you know, if it were like, it's probably Titans, right? Like yeah. that's not where it started. And yeah. I think it's neutral. Yeah. You get a little bit of Alabama and you get it a little bit of like, I don't know. Yeah, we're going to do Tennessee. Like, we're not going to do orange. Yeah, I mean, who's got a problem with red, white, and blue, man? Hey, I thought this was America. Speaking of America, let's talk about this real quickly before we let you go, Peter. Where do you stand on the state legislature nature trying to remove refrigerated beer from grocery stores? <laughs> Listen, I, it's it's a. Uh... It's a good argument that Mr. Sandell put forth in the Discord. I mean. It's 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 tough to argue against that. Um, I, you know, I got some history with that in, in my own past, so I uh, I'm never gonna take away somebody's freedoms though. And if they want a cold beer, they got to get a cold beer. I mean, it's against the law to begin with to have an open container in your vehicle. Like that, they're not changing anything, but it, it is against the law to do that. I don't think having a hot or cold beer is going to deter anyone. No, nope. drive. I mean it. I support cold beers, but I don't support that drinking driving. Like, I completely understand where Tanner was coming from. Absolutely. But like it's already illegal to have an open container. Like you should not be driving and drinking a beer at the same time. Like that is, shouldn't be doing that at all. And I just if the thinking was say, okay, well, we're not gonna give them cold beer if they're gonna do it. Is, is it like if somebody's I, gonna I, do it, they're gonna do it whether the beer's cold or not. 
Like I, I, I would, I would be satisfied with maybe another, maybe a more in depth answer. This uh, would just make ice great again, right? Like more people would just buy ice with their beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeti, Yeti it's, coolers. Shout out Yeti coolers. They'll be, uh, they'll be selling out of coolers. People just keep them stocked up in their truck. It's just I, I can't, I can't get on board with legislation thinking like the argument on the the floor being you know how we can combat drunk driving what if we don't give them cold beer like i just i don't to me that's not a, like how do you sell all of congress i mean how do you how do you sell that to the tennessee house of representatives and how do you, there's got to be more to it is what i'm saying i'm not downplaying y'all's y'all's parts of the argument i'm just saying there's got to be there's got to be a bigger reason for that right we just brought wine into the ocean <laughs> They just they just expanded all the beer and alcohol sections. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, this isn't politics podcast. I'm sticking to them. Let's give them a lukewarm beer. It's not even much of a golf podcast at this point. Yeah. Peter, we appreciate you so much for joining, and uh, we appreciate everybody for tuning in to episode seventy-eight of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Golf Club. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Rich, some guys like it quiet, some guys like it loud. This is. Yeah, Gator needs to look like he needs some exercise. I don't know. Of course, the conditions now that he has to play the shot test anyone. Straight up. Yeah, look at this, Peter. Look at this shot. Look at this one go in. He's running after. He ran after. Look out there before the ball did. I don't believe it. How about that? No, shouldn't do that. You knew he would. You knew he would. Oh my goodness. They've come a long way together, Jim. Those two. It's a great story.